when people would bring back you like a six pack of it because they were in Pennsylvania, it was like hen's teeth, right? It was gold. It was amazing. And then you get it every day. I was like, I remember the first week I was like, I'll take a yingling, sir. And then I just had high life again every time. After I that. prefer actual hen's teeth, sir. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't let that slide. I was waiting. <laughs> I th- Wait, I think Joe is like one of those, like, you know, like the word of the day calendars. It's like, no, hen's teeth is that all time. Okay. Like hen's teeth is an expression which is hard to find. I'm not oh. telling you it's not an expression. A very well known. Uh, but it's was, not a common What was his other one? The weep of the chap or something like that? Wheat from, from the, the chaff. chaff. From the chaff. Also, chaff. very well known expression. By who? Does nobody read here? Does anybody read the you? paper? <laughs> I can't believe my friends is like, I hate all of you so much. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary has gone two seasons with 35 episodes on ABC. They were talking about episode one, which is called Pilot, originally airing December 7th, 2021. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always, the boys, most of the boys, Nick, Joe, Ferg, no Gordo this week. What's going on, guys? Heyo. Yo. Look at Mel Gibson still thriving. That's the one you went with? Well, I could have also come with Random Man Child Pants, which is actually really funny, but I just kind of want to bring back up that we all just kind of, oh, not we, but like society was just like, Mel Gibson gets a pass for a bit, which is fucking insane. Because you've ever heard the, like, 40-minute Mel Gibson rant? Uh, Anti-Semitism is really not that big a deal, apparently. Yeah, it's no, hold wild. On. It's a weird way to start an episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Nick, don't isolate <laughs> that clip. Yeah. But it's it's so... It's that. There's racism involved. I will say, though, aside from all of that, my favorite part of that whole argument he has with his wife is he's so wildly crazy, so racist, so anti-Semitic, you're like, this is abysmal. And then he goes, oh, and also, by the way, I saw you yesterday. That green thing you were wearing? A little much. Which I think is the best part of the whole thing. Because he's being so fucking insane that he has to take, like, a weird little dig in her dress. Like, what the fuck's happening, Mel Gibson? Uh, All right, every, so, Every um... time she retorts, he just goes, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part about it. Okay, uh, so, very weird way to start this episode. <laughs> Abbott Elementary, very big show over the last two years. Um, kind of came out of nowhere and became, like, this super mega hit. Never and heard of it. That's the thing I think is crazy, because when I first... I've never heard of it. We, we talked about doing this episode, yeah. And, and I think me and Joe were the only two of the five of us, obviously, no Gordo this week, but out of the five that have even heard of the show. And I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah, we've, I've been watching since episode one. It was a mid-season replacement. We watched it, like, the next day on Hulu. We were like, oh, people said this was really good. And I've watched every episode. It's one of the few shows that I was like, fuck, the strike is going to stop this from being one of the fall shows. Yeah. I was really excited for it. It's just weird to me because, like, Ferg, and Nick, you watch a good amount, but Ferg especially, you've watched all the TV. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> like, so to not even be aware of the show's existence is, like, just so weird to me because it's, it, it really does. This show has a very big fan base. I, th- I think it's just got to be an ABC thing. Like, I feel like, I don't know, what else is on ABC that we would know? Like, do we know anything on ABC? This is no offense to ABC or CBS, but if it wasn't for Hulu... 
we probably wouldn't know most of the things because they've always been like kind of dead networks. Like NBC sort of took over. This is on HBO Max as well. That's how I watched it today. Nowadays, it's really tricky because so many shows are on other streamers and stuff. And if I remember correctly reading, I believe Abbott Elementary, despite being on ABC, I think Hulu is how the show became popular. That's how I saw it, yeah. Yeah, so many people were watching. They must have, you know... That makes sense, at least. They must have advertised it to be like on your front screens and stuff and got a lot of views that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really how more people catch stuff. So few watch television live anymore. So the network kind of is irrelevant. It's where else can you view it? Right. I mean, unless it's sports or something at this point, like not much is worth watching live, right? Like we all pay extra money for a lot of these channels to watch without commercials. So I'd much rather watch the next day at my leisure, you know, like having right. dinner, then watch it live yeah. and be like, oh, I peed and I missed a joke. Like I'm pissed off now and I want to restart it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you only want to save like dedicated live television for important things like debates and stuff. Look, <laughs> okay, you can make a joke. I'm gonna. I'm hoping some listeners here actually <laughs> appreciate that some people care about the geopolitical world out there right now. Okay, but I don't. I don't understand what caring about the geopolitical world and then watching a debate have to do with each other because they're almost completely exclusive from each other. I just want to clue uh, in people listening live right before we recorded. We're just kind of going over recording schedules and stuff, and just, Joe's made it very clear that we have to work our recording schedule around the presidential debates so he doesn't miss anything live. Do you know how funny the debates are? You know how much fun they are. You know how fun you get. I get to yell at the TV. I literally I turned to like Bill Burr. When the fucking debates are on, I just scream at the TV. My wife just leaves the room. I usually get to make something fun like meatloaf. It is a night that I enjoy every time. Oh, it's a special meatloaf How night? How often does your wife have to leave the room when you're watching anything? Uh, if it's main cabin masters, we're usually good. <laughs> anything else, there's it's, it's a 50-50. Me- meatloaf and debate night, guys. It's a real that's, fucking barn that's burner. as bad as Maine. Gordo's lasagna <laughs> night. <laughs> No, because Whoa, when I make I mean, meatloaf, it's also very it quirky of you, Joe. I made oh. meatloaf for tonight. I'm going to watch some presidential debate and enjoy my meatloaf. <laughs> see, I don't see that working. It's it not works. like I say I do it every Monday like Gordo. Just Occasionally, you I don't make meatloaf. think it works. It doesn't work. Well, I didn't say I make meatloaf every debate. If I was going to do something like that, I would do something that was alliteration heavy. I'd be like, donut debate or something. <laughs> I, I do want to sneak this in real quick because um, sometimes I question if Gordo's like where Gordo's not in this episode, and I don't think he's going to be part of the editing process for this one. I don't know if he's going to listen back. He'll pretend he did. So since oh, he'll he, lie and say he listened to it. He'll also so, lie yeah, and say so, he watched the episode. So I would like to sneak this into the episode right now to catch if he even listens or not. Fuck you, Gordo. We all know you're lying about eating lasagna every Monday, you big piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> not only do you not do it now, you never did it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I believe he did it once. Yeah, yeah, one. I'll give you once he's done it. Yes. I believe once they were like, it's a Monday. Let's make lasagna because of Garfield. And that was the one time it ever happened. <laughs> and then the two other times we forced him to do it. Yeah. Also, yeah, we did force him to do it a couple times. And he sent us like an eight part mini series of videos through our group chat of him <laughs> going to Whole Foods and buying premium <laughs> lasagna. Also, but, uh, Gordo, the chef buying yeah. pre made lasagna. I may have given him the benefit of the doubt if the very next week after telling us that story, he wasn't doing it. And we, we shamed him into going out and buying it. After the conversation it. we had, you th- would have thought he would want to go out of his way to put it in our face. You know, to be like, look at this. See? Yeah, you would think that. Yep. 
I will say, if it was real and it really happened, we'd be able to see him expanding throughout the weeks because lasagna is a yeah. carby, calorie-heavy meal. You need just, a whole lasagna every Monday, it's going to catch up with you. He would just sign on for the podcast, and he'd just be, like, green, droopy <laughs> eyes, like, greasy. No, I've known Goro for 35 years. He doesn't have the ability to put on weight. He can have all the lasagna he That's wants. That's true. He does it's, have It's not fair. Stomach. It's not fair it's, at all. You're right, and it isn't fair. It's like going to, uh, like, uh, the movies or, like a, like, a sporting event, like a live sporting event back when we were younger. Gordo, by the way, which, like, I'm sh- you can't really tell for anybody who doesn't know Gordo personally. Gordo is, like... Five two, like 120 pounds. Like he's a very small man, but he would put down ten pounds of nachos and three hot dogs at yeah, a so movie much theater. And that's why he reviews bathrooms. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, as I say, uh, yeah. oddly, his second uh, favorite thing to do after eating is talking about where he uh, finishes that process. But um, to, to cycle back to uh, Abbott Elementary, so obviously. Uh, Ferg, Nick, you didn't even know the show existed, so I assume up until today you would never watch an episode. Nope. Not even no. close. And Joe, you're completely caught up? Yes. And this was a first for me. I was aware of the show, but I've never watched it up until we recorded this one. So, for the most part, going in with fresh eyes. But a show that we do have a recurring uh, actor in, we've covered before. True. Yes, actually. We'll talk about that when he comes up, because... I was surprised shocked. the shit out of me. Yeah, I, was I didn't do any kind of research before I watched. Um and I it, it took me a minute. I was like, He's Oh, I know who. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get to it in a little bit. What's wild about that too is I remember that show being so long ago when I looked up how old that guy was, where it's like, he's 30. It was like, we are getting so old. Holy yeah. shit. It's well, because like... I don't think he's done a single thing since. He did the walking. So there dead. was there uh yeah, that's true, but like he was on it for like two episodes. <laughs> it, his like you get everybody hates Chris in syndication or when it was on and then in syndication and then you jumped 15, 20 years and then you see him again and it's really strange. Right. Cause like we saw him as a little kid and then we see him as like a grown adult. adult. Yeah. But like, there's not a lot in between. Yeah. That's the thing. You saw him as a kid on everybody hates Chris, but then he was on the walking dead. He was like, he was, was he a teenager? He was like middling there. It was. Yeah. It was like, and that, yeah. Now he's like a full grown adult. So, seen like each stage of his life i can't wait to watch him old well we will talk about that in a few so i want to get into the actual episode itself and just kind of get going here to start off though the main character janine i guess i i should just mention here with abbott elementary uh quinta brunson who plays janine the main character she's the creator of this show you know, so the one oh, time really? i got fun facts you fucking spoil it that, well, I, Wait, your your fun fact was that she was the creator of yeah, the show. Yeah, like, it's not like a fun. It's it's pretty no it's fun. Yeah, but she she started it and stuff too. She's yeah. the star and produced and wrote it. And from what I understand, wasn't really intended to be a main character. From what I read on this, now again, I'm aware of the show and I know there's a big fandom, so I'm sorry if I'm incorrect with any specific details. But really, when this show is written, it's kind of like loosely based or with the uh, idea in mind behind her mother who was uh, you know, a teacher in the system for like 30 plus years. The character of, was it Barbara's character? Barbara, yeah. Yeah, Barbara's character is kind of based on her mother. And that was kind of the intent to have her be the main character of the show. But I think the network itself kind of wanted her to be a little bit more in the limelight, which is interesting. Yes, and the school is named after her sixth grade teacher. 
I did see that. I have one left. So you got one in. <laughs> but but yeah, you did no, it, buddy. I, you did it. I think it's knowing the characters now and how they fleshed out. I think that it makes a lot more sense to have a Janine type be the main focal point over the Barbara because Barbara's very like stoic and like a positive character, but not too character driven in an ensemble cast. You know what I mean? So I think you needed some more liveliness out of your main. It's also the opposites too, right? Like she's young and like a go-getter and, you know, she has all these ambitions and, you know, maybe unattainable uh, ambitions and goals for being a teacher. And then she has the sort of person who's been there the whole time who can like ground her to be like, look, it's not that way. It's great to be so, you know, but you're kind of foolhardy here. Right. So now, all right. So to get into the actual episode, which I said before and then didn't do, we get to the classroom. It starts right in the middle of a class. You see Janine's character. She's teaching. What is it like? It's like first grade or something like that. They're, they're young. Yeah, I think she's first grade because Barbara's kindergarten and um, the other teacher is Melissa is second grade. Okay. She's going over like little projects these kids are doing where they have to list their favorite movie and character from it. And the first one's favorite movie is Toy Story and favorite character being Woody. And then the next one, <laughs> the, the next kids was American Gangster. <laughs> And she's like, all right, I have to have another talk with your mother again about what you're watching at home. I love that. Has anybody seen American Gangster? I I've never seen it in fall. I think I did. I've seen it in parts on TV, I think. Yeah, it's good. It's for sure, I would guess a thousand percent without even checking on Tubi right now. Like if that movie's not on Tubi <laughs> right now, I will send each of you $7 through PayPal or Venmo. To be or not to be, that is the joke. To watch a movie with way too many Frank Thomas commercials or not to watch it. <laughs> and also, she's a second grade teacher. I forgot. It's, she mentions it, which is her, her little... Um, oh, okay. All right. Uh, another important thing about the show is that it is mockumentary style. Like, I know this became... I feel like it dulled down, right? The Office happened, and then you started seeing a lot of it. Yeah, and Parks then, and Rec and things following and then, from it. Yeah, not as much. What we do but, in the shadows. Mm-hmm. But this show definitely follows that format. I would say, though, when I when I looked at it, visually, the way it was set up, it is mockumentary, but kind of gave me more of the, like, modern family type mockumentary vibe, like that style. Like, it looks a little too clean to be true documentary looking. Also, what I like about this, though, in Modern Family, though, it, so I love The Office, right? I love they do the confessional thing, like the real world thing, where you go into a room to tell people. But this makes more sense to me as a workplace comedy where like they just do them when you catch them right like so it's never in the same place or they look at the camera and say things i kind of like the like real the sort of like cinema verite of it it's usually I, they're just gonna pull a teacher into the hallway i do right. like that it's acknowledged too like they they make reference to the camera crew and say why they're there in the episode yeah, it was like brief but it was enough to just give you a oh okay now i get it yeah, because like we all love The Office, and it took nine seasons for them to even turn the camera around and be like, "We've been filming a show for fucking a decade." You're like, "We all knew that," but like you could have mentioned it at any point. And all fairness in The Office, that almost killed the show because everyone hates those episodes. Well, no, they're, not they're all of those out. episodes. We just don't like the guy who needed the doors like to go the like this. Like the stupid sound guy yeah. in Silicon Valley fighting for him. And I hate that. I'm saying that's the only part of that season that's not good. 
Also, Jim being a shithead in that season sucks, but everything else is good. We'll, eventually, we'll talk about The Office. I feel like we're waiting, we're trying to find that perfect It's going to be a four-hour episode. I know. Yeah, the episode of The Office is going to be a behemoth that I do not want to do. And to avoid this becoming a four-hour episode and continue on, this is when we get that first talking head from her. We're kind of seeing like a little bit of clicking back and forth between you know classroom stuff and her talking head. And this is where we're getting a lot of the information. That's where we find out that she's a second-grade teacher. We find out that this takes place in Philadelphia and a lot of this stuff. I'm trying to think of any other show off the top of my head. What else was a Philly show? Was Boy Meets World Philly? Oh, wait. It might have been. I'm trying to think of, like, how many Philadelphia shows I can think of off the top of my head. I feel like well, it's, it's always not... sunny. Oh, that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's an easy one, right? On that one. Fresh Prince of Ballet is kind of a little bit of Philly. I guess it starts in Philadelphia. In the it's in West Philadelphia. Born and raised. Boy Meets World, The Goldbergs. I have a list up. Oh, yeah, The Goldbergs is Philadelphia. Yeah, Boy Meets World was Philadelphia. All right, so I guess it is more represented in television than I thought off the top of my head. I will say, though, but but Boy Meets World is always, and even The Goldbergs are always, like, the suburbs. This is, like, the city. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little different. Also, WrestleMania. The next WrestleMania, if you're listening to this (laughs) within the first year of release, then, yes, next WrestleMania will be in 40. I don't think we'll be... Covering WrestleMania 40 on this show, though. But I imagine two of you will be there. I would say yeah. that is very possible, yes. I've been to a lot of parts of Pennsylvania, but oddly never Philadelphia. I've been to Philly a nice handful of times, actually. It's our sister city to Boston. That's true. Uh, one time we drove up in, what, Tamusic, Pennsylvania, to buy Yingling beer before you could buy Yingling beer in Boston. We did like a six-hour, six-a.m. drive to buy Yingling and Iron City and Pennsylvania beer, Straubs, and drove back home with cases of it. And the people at the beer store were like, you drove six hours for this shitty beer? We're like, (laughs) yes, we did, sir. Thank you. Load the car up. We had Yingling for the first time on our baseball road trip, and I remember building up in my head that this beer tasted like cake. It's so good. Yeah. And then it got released in Boston. I'm like... <laughs> it, it's not terrible, but it wasn't what I remember. It's just from beer, yeah. Trip. When it was magical, when people would bring back you like a six pack of it because they were in Pennsylvania, it was like hen's teeth, right? It was gold. It was amazing. And then you get it every day. I was like, I remember the first week, I was like, I'll take a yingling, sir. And then I just had high life again every time. After I that. prefer actual hen's teeth, sir. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't let that slide. I was waiting. <laughs> I Wait, I think Joe is like one of those like you know like the word of the day calendars. It's like no hen's teeth is that all time. Okay, like hen's teeth is an expression which is hard to find. I'm not well, telling you it's not an expression. A very well, known, uh, but it's was, not. What a was his other one? one? The weep of the chap or wheat wheat from, from the, the chaff. chaff from the chaff. Also, chaff. very well known expression. By who? Does nobody read here? Does anybody read, <laughs> read the paper? <laughs> I can't believe my friends is lying. I hate all of you so much. <laughs> uh, anyways, they're, they're part of this talking head, too. She's talking about kind of the school system out there and that a lot of money is not given to these public schools and how the city claims it doesn't have any money, but then takes note to like the multi-million dollar renovations that are happening to the Eagle Stadium. And they, you get that kind of quick shot of all the work being done over there. I mean, we do see a lot of that, I guess, in real life where... I appreciate the call out. It happens because a lot of these sports um, teams strong on the cities now to like pay for these 
big billion dollar yeah, like, location. Which is fucked like. up. <laughs> okay, yes, schools should get money and lots of money. But these stadiums bring in a lot of business and money to the city. So I, I, I can I, understand. Look, I, I, yeah, I see both sides of it. But think of think of school. I, I think the main problem is the juxtaposition because of the drastic difference. It's right. not just like, oh, you know, this school could use a little more. It's like, no, this school is in despair and you're sending money elsewhere instead. So I get that. You know what more, the solution is? You have a politician that the sports team has to donate X amount to local schools. I agree. Yeah. That would work. But I also want to say the problem we have too, the other way around, we had this when we were in school, which was over 20 years ago now. So everybody, fuck holy shit. Uh, it wasn't you know, over. They cut days. arts programs. They cut. They cut music. They cut arts. They cut all this for sports too, right? That's always been a huge thing in schools, and that still happens to this day. So I think that's a problem as well. I think if a team is going to donate a bunch of money to a school, they also have to earmark some of it for non-sports because it would always be like, oh, remember, like we took that class that was like America and film last year, part one. I really want to take that part two next year. They're like, oh, no, we can't. But they painted the bleachers at the football field. And you were like, well, I don't give a shit about that. Well, if you actually remember when we were in high school, this this like strongly is like flagged in my brain. I remember we had a they sent all the students down to the auditorium and our principal spoke to us because they threatened to cut some of the sports teams like football and hockey, whatever it was. And in our town, that's like a big thing. And he basically said like flat out. Hey, listen, like we need money. And the reality is if we threaten to cut sports, the town is going to rally and raise money to save football. And if we say, hey, we have to cut three science teachers, they're not going to do anything. Right. So it's fucked and it up. Just, and I kind of like, I was, first off, I was like, wow. First off, he's right. Second, kudos to him to being so real with his students. Yeah. He was yeah. honest as like, shit there. This is like, this is the real situation. And this is how we basically get your parents to give us money. <laughs> he was, like, so correct in that. Not my yeah. parents. I don't know if I want to go on that. Yeah. My parents were not going to give money to the football team. I appreciate that. I just think it's one of those, to go back a little bit when we talk about this, with cities spending all that money on sports franchises and having the taxpayers pay for stadiums and arenas, when there's billion-dollar owners, like Mark Cuban has been very upfront about it. He's like, no, I'm never going to ask the city to build a new facility because it's my team and I yeah, have good for cubes. So like he's like I'm a billionaire I don't need money from from the people to build yeah. this this is I why billionaires it. buy sports teams because they have the right. money to run and finance a sports team in a giant building it's not fair to Mark Cuban but I can never take him serious again after like there's that shark tank video that somebody edited together it's just him screaming at a little kid and with the Really I know cool. exactly oh, what you're talking about. It's hilarious. I love Shark Tank, like, and there's shut like up, you're 50, a crook. <laughs> there's like 15 episodes where people try to mess with him, like funnily, where they're like, "Hey, we gave everybody this thing we do. It's got teams." And instead of giving him like the the Mavericks he owns, they'll always give him the, like opposite team, and he freaks the fuck out, and he's like, "Just because you think you're funny, you think I'd laugh at this? I pass." And they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Just like, "What are you doing? It's a comedy show, right?" So, I don't know. That dude seems like he's a little high on his horse, too. But also, Mark Cubes, you want to sponsor this podcast, I will take all of your money and I will support your basketball team. I have pride in what I do, but I am for sale. (laughs) I liked uh, also there's a cutaway during this part where they show in one of the other classrooms and one of the other teachers is like just trying to settle 
her uh, students down. She's just like screaming for everyone to sit down. Like she's completely freaking out. I think that was like one of the older. We see her later on. She's like this teacher's having like a meltdown. Yeah, she's having a real rough go of it. And we've all had those teachers. I had we had a teacher when we were fresh sophomores maybe or we were juniors maybe. i don't know but we were freshmen but we we're maybe juniors right and it was like first year teacher we were sitting next to a friend of ours and uh you know you're 17 and you're a shithead or whatever right so he tried to throw something and hit the chalkboard behind me to like get me to stop talking but he sucked at throwing so it hit me in the head and i just turned <laughs> with like the grinch smile of like <laughs> And looked at him, and he was, like, immediately aware at 22 years old. He was like, well, I can never tell this dude what to do ever again because I just assaulted him. And, and like, we had that, like, mental communication where I was like, you will leave me alone, and you will not fail me. And I will not tell anybody that you just threw something at my face. And I was just like... I think back on that now, too, of being like, we had friends who were older than some of our teachers in high school. You know what I mean? Like... We were hanging out with people who were older than us, and like they'd come in like these authority figures, be like, "I don't think so, bud. This isn't gonna work for me." Yeah, especially our senior year when like the new crop came in, they were all like a couple years difference from us. Yeah, that's gotta be hard being like a twenty-two-year-old teacher and coming in trying to teach like eighteen-year-olds. Be like, "Oh, there's just it's, it's not enough of a gulf there," you know. <laughs> yeah. This um, this talking head, I feel like she does lay out a good amount of like the scene for us to kind of know what we're getting into. I think it when you're using the mockumentary style, it's such a great tool to be able to just instead of having to write whole scenes to explain things, you can literally just have someone sit there and go, blah, 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 blah. This is our situation. Oh, yeah. And just like we it's move perfect. on. It's like such a nice kind of cheat code when you're doing this. Well, yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that you can make it really funny, too, like there's a reason it worked and was so popular and successful, I think. It's probably for that reason. And it's also a way to not cheat at exposition. Like, you can tell things with the story forward and nobody feels like they're forcing it into a storyline like you would in, like, a standard sitcom. I will say one thing about this episode, and we're going to obviously cover a lot more as we go along, because we're just now about to hit, like, the intro to the show. There were not many jokes in this show. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to tip my cap, but I was going to ask Joe when this gets funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny the whole time, honestly. I don't think it's jokey, I think, but I think it's funny and it's portrayed. My first, my first laugh comes at the janitor scene, so that shows you. Oh, how the janitor is the best character. <laughs> I do yeah. feel like, and this is one of those, again, we're only looking at episode one and we're just kind of rating it based on what we're seeing right now. And I just felt like watching this whole episode, there's very little like jokes. And I know that it's mockumentary style and it's not meant to be like, standard sitcom type slapsticky jokes but it just seemed like the humor was subtle at all times it was very very few moments that are like intentionally meant to make you laugh it was like rutherford falls funny i think there's a lot of mm, funny here rutherford falls i don't think was funny uh, i like rutherford falls <clears throat> and you like uh, Joe likes I everything. I remember, but I, and I go back if like you want to listen to that by the way rutherford falls is a show that we covered in the past Actually, I should mention, by the way, go to s21pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our episodes. Uh, every way you can follow us on social media. Instagram, X as it's now called, for probably the next few years until he sells it back to someone who turns it back to Twitter. Um, and, you know, hit us up on those. S1E1pod on social media. Hit us up. But, yeah, the... um, I will say the one thing I think is a really funny joke here is... When they're doing this this little scene before the intro starts, Quinta Brunson is showing the book, and she was like, we've had three presidents since this one, 
So I had to tape them in. Yeah. My sister is a teacher in a very small community. She texted me like two weeks ago and they have a book and the most recent book in their uh, library says our new president and it's George H.W. Bush, which means <laughs> that book is from 1988 and she was making a pile of books <laughs> to like donate or get rid of or whatever. She was just like, do you want this book? I was like, yes, I do. Of course I do. But like, so even worse than this, because what George W. Bush was president until 2004. So this is what? 18 years old at my sister's school 1988 is the most recent presidential book that rang so weirdly true your sister who wasn't even alive in 1988 right yeah and she's a teacher now and she's like our new president who was the vice president in 1980 like it's fucking wild that some of these schools it's just like again underfunding of schools right so now the actual the intro to the show is very brief just um like quick bit of music plays and you basically just see the front of the school and a bunch of kids walking towards it, and then one of the kids' backpacks happens to have the logo of the show on it. Uh, pretty simple. I think effective. It's fine. Kind of new style. Not my thing. I mean, I get it. Depends it, on but the show, but... A show like this, what kind of intro would you give it? You know, like, I don't think you could have, like, a whole, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, give it one similar to Parks and Rec. Yeah, no, I, mean, I would. that's just the same thing, I... but longer. Yeah, I would like an one. 80s one, though, that was like, she went to college, do-do-do, now she's got her first dream job, do-do-do, she's a teacher at Abbott, do-do-do, do-do, menta, do-do-do, like, that's what I want for every show. <laughs> yes! See? Furry. Green light! <laughs> Guys, that was the easiest episode we've recorded, I'm very excited that we can go to bed now. We get back into the classroom after the intro, and... We have Janine putting, like, the rug away because, I guess, the rug that was in her classroom where kids sit for, like, story time and stuff has gotten to a point where there's just too much pee on it now that it has to be thrown away. It's no longer cleanable. This is where I find an issue with her being second grade teacher because kids aren't peeing on stuff and peeing themselves in second grade. I mean, I'll say that my niece just started second grade this week, actually. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, she pissed herself oh, last stop night. Stop making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, I don't, think she, I don't think she's, yeah, I don't think those kids are quite at pee themselves levels. That's where we are here. <laughs> that, so. Yeah, but they also show a kid just peeing on the rug. It's not yeah, a kid peeing himself. Yeah. yeah, it's a kid just like, she walks into the room and he's turned out dick out peeing on the rug. Well, that doesn't happen either. <laughs> well, no, see, normally I would say yes, but when asked why he did it, he was afraid of the toilets, and that does come into play. But just I would say that kid would be smart just, enough to pee in the toilet and just not flush it. Just like, go that's, younger. That's the move. It's that easy. There's a or big, pee in like, the sink. There's a thing with this rug. The rug is like the kind of one of the storylines that takes us through this whole episode, the importance of having the rug. And she's saying here how important it is because it's like a calming space for the kids. She says it's like Xanax for kids is, is like laying on the rug, which I don't know. I don't have like these. Of course, it's tough to think back to when we are that age. But I don't think that was like this prominent thing about being in elementary school that we all get to sit on the floor. You know, and, like, you know what I try to rug. go by? I try to go by Billy Madison and his teachers each thing. And in second grade, he had that old lady teacher and was doing spelling bees. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of all the times I took Xanax in my life and how fun it was and how I probably could have peed myself. So I feel like I understand where this is coming from. Sitting on the rug is like the Miss Lippy days, which is what, first grade slash uh, kindergarten? I think kindergarten. Or or it was junior year and 9-11 just happened. And this is um when Barbara walks in. Barbara being the, the teacher I said that's kind of based on 
her mother, her real, like Quincy Brunson's mother, like real life mother. Barbara walks in and she's, she's asking her to turn the music down because while this is all going on, Baby Shark is just blaring through the classroom. She says it's like back that ass up for kids. <laughs> it's true. I appreciated a reference to a song from 20 years ago, but also like, yep. Kind of funny, actually, as I as I say it out loud, there's two. It's like this for kids joke back to back, like within seconds of each other. Yeah, yeah. Xanax and juvenile, which are two <laughs> weird things to push together. And we get that kind Is of Is that talk. the first we ever got Lil Wayne in our lives? I feel like it must have been. Yeah, he did like the back piece of that song. Um, yeah. And I believe that was like, because he was part of like the Cash Money Millionaires. And that was probably the first single that he was exposed to like mainstream on. That was a huge song. Yeah. yeah, huge. And he was like 17 when that came out, if that. But anyways, I digress. Um, We get the talking head from Barbara, and she's kind of talking about herself. She says she's a woman of God. She gets her nails done every week, and that she loves teaching. Again, very stoic, very, I mean, she's like, we even get to it later when Janine says that she kind of like looks at her like her mom, and I don't know if that's just a play because she's based on her real life mom, but. I think calls um, her mom. Yeah, she's the, she's kind of the elder teacher there. She's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but compared to like Janine and a couple of the other teachers who are younger, who like Janine, I think says she's only been at the school. This is her second year there. So and then she, you have like the veteran who's been around for a while. When she uses her like forceful, angry voice, if you shut your eyes, she sounds just like um, George Jefferson's wife. Wheezy. Yeah, I can see that. Get the let out, Wheezy. <laughs> <laughs> wait also how have we not done the jeffersons one of the greatest shows of all time it's coming it'll it's coming. i mean they'll all come that's a, one of those because of i don't know the format of our show and how we want to kind of just make sure that we intermingle more popular lesser known shows all different eras there's all these shows that we just think we would have done by now and i don't know just think someone else is going to pick or something's in then they don't happen we need to do a month that is the Jeffersons into Amen, into 227, into Sister Sister. And then we can do a Sherman Helmsley into Jack Gay Mega Month. Wasn't, I don't want to get too much on a tangent, wasn't the Jeffersons a spinoff? Of All in the Family, yeah. Right, right, right. So we would have to do All in the Family first. Okay. Yeah, which I know we're also, holding off on doing that. Also, we not? That's another again, one. Yeah, again. Yeah, All in the Family, another like amazing show, yeah. And uh, to go back again, we see Barbara here like, these kids are going crazy in Janine's class, but Barbara is able to get them to stop talking instantly, even though Janine can't do it. And again, that's just that veteran presence. That's that comfortability. That's that I've been here and the kids can sense your vibe. It's just, just like with animals, right? They know when, you, when you're afraid of them. So you have this teacher come in who's just kind of a take no nonsense. And when Janine's asking her, like, where are your students? Like, oh, they're lined up in the hallway, single file. And you go, you cut outside and we just see them all just standing there, like patiently waiting. It is a, it's a thing like teachers have too, right? Like we've had it in, in jobs and things too, right? Where like, you don't mess with a certain boss or like they talk and you just kind of like do what they do, but especially as kids. Like I remember having some teachers who were like, this teacher's fun. And then other teachers who were like, don't mess with that teacher. Right. Such as like a little school kid. teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Like middle school or elementary school teachers where you like, don't know your place in the world yet. And this person is an authority figure is very troubling or they just give Jay months of uh <laughs> detention that for no reason at all but love the Jason, rest of us Jason, <laughs> i know we've discussed this in the past but i'm sure we have a lot of new listeners since it's come up 
um, when we were in elementary school, we were all in the same class in fourth grade. Don't pretend and you weren't a piece of shit before you uh. Don't pretend <laughs> that you guys weren't also pieces of shit. We that were. What did thing. we do? Not in fourth grade and f- first grade. So in we were lovable grade, pieces of shit though. Our last year of elementary school, which is your last year of having recess, the majority of my school year, I was not allowed to participate in recess for the dastardly task of forgetting my memo book. What again? That it was, was what, a culmination of things. That was that, the straw that, that broke the yeah. camel's back. It wasn't just you did this what one thing on day one. What was I doing that was so bad? I think it was you what you were not doing, which was your homework ever, because she was making you look for your book that was supposed to say, oh, here's what I have to do, and you never filled it out, and you never did your homework. Which I think, as of last week's episode, we were talking about just this in our back-to-school month here, where you are talking about... How you always got in trouble because you never did your homework, but we're good at tests. <laughs> I got out. Uh, you also you you also didn't do your Iron Giant. Made your mom do it for you. Incorrect. She told that teacher. <laughs> all, these are all details that are mom, incorrect. Your mom, your mom you threw out. you under the bus big time. No. So again, if we're gonna, we'll talk about this real quick. So same year, we're in the same classroom. All of us are together. We had an Iron Giant project where we had to make. Um, based on the book, we had to make our own Iron Giants and bring them into school. Did my mom help? Like, I'm sure any of your parents helped you do yours. Sure. Did I do the majority of the work? Of course I did. Because, like, that was a fun project to do. My mom comes in, has to bring it in because it's a bigger one. It's not one that you could just carry on your own. It had to, you know, be driven in. And, like, makes an offhanded joke about doing, like, all the work. (laughs) And then my teacher legit holds it against me and, like, basically fails me on the project when i did most of the work on that it's funny it's well it's not it's actually kind of not funny but looking back like she had like true disdain for jay <laughs> yeah. and, like how old are you in fourth grade you're what like we're like eight? we're nine years old nine <laughs> like she like genuinely did not like a nine-year-old she like, loved all of at us all yeah. she's still my favorite teacher i've ever had yeah but also gordo who's not here today Gordo singled her out in the foreword of his book where I was like, Gordo, you're mad about your teacher from fourth grade so much that you wrote about her in the foreword of your book. Like, so she caused quite the issue with Jay and Gordo. No, but there was a point like later in life where I remember like, I don't know if it was any of you or someone else, but like we had gone on, we were out of high school and like, I have a job. I think I'm in management where I worked at the time. Not that it was like anything like, it was like a middle management at a supermarket, but you know, you know, we're like 19 at the time. And like, she's like, she like outwardly said to one of you then, like, I never thought Jay would like succeed in life. And it's like, <laughs> I was nine years old. Like, <laughs> it makes me feel any better. You have a teacher who lives, across, I don't know if she still does, but lives across the street from you who told me I never thought you would. And I know you still won't when I was like 19 years old <laughs> to sucks. my face. And I was like, God yeah. damn, that's Don't rough. you feel like at that point, not to say that she was correct or incorrect. I'm just saying. That's at least someone who's like an adult at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Like, Talking to another adult where I was yeah. like, you held a grudge for some reason. But when you're like nine years old, you know what I mean? I just, again, like like my niece is seven. Like I just can't imagine even in a couple of years being like, this is who she is for her life now. And just assume like whatever. Well, we just talked about George oh, H.W. Totally Bush. I remember kid. vividly in first grade because we were in the same class that our teacher had a thing up about the election coming up and who was going to be president. And you wrote your name on the thing on the board, or you wrote who you wanted to be president. You wrote like Clinton and she flipped out because nobody was to write on it. She's going to like do like hash marks of like who did it and do like a political conversation. So you got yelled at when we were like 
seven for doing something <laughs> by a teacher that I can vividly remember. It's like one of the only like that age memories I have. Yeah, a lot of teachers don't like me. Um, so, anyways, uh, like it, I said, it, it must be them. I would. <laughs> we shouldn't have done back to school month yeah i don't even think i I don't even think i mentioned at the top of this episode this is back to school month if you guys listen week to week you already know that but this is week three of back to school month we figured for the month of september let's try something a little different to a theme month we typically uh since year one have always done that with halloween in october but we thought maybe let's try something different so we're kind of doing all classroom related shows for the month of september this year uh to try something different and if if you guys like that again hit us up on social media let us know if that's something you want us to do more of in the future with other months and we're also open to suggestions for themes for months yeah but by all means it actually would probably help us make picks uh, because it gives us (laughs) a little more structure so uh to cycle all the way back to this when they're all in the hallway together and you have barbara and janine talking you also have that exchange where Janine mentions that she's been emailing Barbara and she never like gets back to her. It's like, oh, they must be going to my spam. It's like, oh, it's so weird that like that happens with you, but not with anyone else. And she's saying that in a way that doesn't even come off as accusatory. It was like legit. It's just she wants to believe that she's not ignoring her. So yeah, she's, she's actually trying, questioning it. She's trying to believe this obvious lie, just in hopes that Barbara doesn't hate her. This is a, I think a good like you. For you mentioned earlier, where the laughs in the show, I think a big part of this too is like building up the relationships for later laughs as well. Like there are some good callbacks in this, and I think their relationship, I think, makes some laughs later on that maybe aren't as funny at the beginning. That is a risk for a pilot because that can ta- put a bad taste in your mouth, it, and uh, you might not go back to a show that could be awesome in the future. I mean, without giving my hand away, when we watched this the first time, I didn't like this pilot very much. So you better cancel it. My history. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, we'll find that out later in the episode. Um, we meet Jacob next, and I don't quite know how to completely describe his character. I mean, he's having an interaction with Janine in the hallway. I mean, how would you peg this character? How would you explain him? He's one of the other newer teachers. So he's just kind of like the like the ditzy aloof guy. He's just... he's like not. He's I feel like he's supposed to be a little neurotic, but he doesn't. He doesn't play that neurotic, way enough. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think he's the guy who's super liberal, super, yeah, um, you know, trying to prove that he's not a racist or anything by being in a predominantly black school and getting him his foot in his mouth sometimes by trying to be like an ally too much. He was nervous because she asks about going to the corner store for cheesesteaks for lunch, and that particular store, I guess, always calls him white boy, and he doesn't he doesn't want to go there. Oh man, I'd get so fat living in Philly. I mean, we live in an area where you can get subs. You can get a cheesesteak. Yeah. yeah, I know, but that's what they're like known for. Yeah, but we're known for chowder. How often do you have chowder? I have chowder plenty of the time. <laughs> I love clam chowder, but I wouldn't say like, I would say just like we assume they're eating that every day. Like I, I almost got chowder them. the other day from Nick's. It's too hot for that right now. It's that's why I didn't do it. It was 80 degrees. Yeah. But I wanted it. Well, then I, I suffered get... through a hot coffee this morning. You can do it. I stay corrected. If Ferg lived in Philly, I guess he would be cheesesteaking all the time then. I would. Me, me and your brother. <laughs> Although I'm not a big cheese whiz guy on the thing, like, versus, like, the standard steak and cheese that we do up here. I'd rather just have a Northeastern steak and cheese sub, personally. I haven't had a Philly cheesesteak, but I know you've tried all the main ones when you've gone. Which is your favorite? 
So I've only done a few. So there's the classic. Is it, is it Genos and Pats? Or those Genos and Pats are the historic two that are side by side that everyone talks about, right? And I think anyone who lives in Philadelphia will be the first to tell you that that is not where you go to get a cheesesteak. Sure. But that, as tourists, is the must-stop. So, again, like, Fergan, myself, we'll, we, you know, in a half a year from now or so, we're going to find ourselves in that area. Yeah. I would say it's a 99% chance that we'll go there at some point that week and go to both. We can each get one and then s- split. So what happens, they're not as filling as you think. When I went last time, the group I was with, we all ate at one and then went to the other and all ate a second sandwich at the other one. Like oh, they're, yeah, it's the very doable. The is so heavy. It's a lot of cheese in your gut. Yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. Want me to get the bubble guts? It's not as big as like the subs that we're getting up here, like if you're buying a large sub. Oh, okay. But yeah, so like, and other than that, I only went to like Tony Luke's. I haven't like toured the world doing cheesesteaks. So. so I'll tell you, uh, Pats and Gino's are both, fine for what they are but neither are anything that special they're just kind of institutions out of the two i preferred pats um at the time i I don't hope that doesn't cause any controversy i've tried the both they're both fine (laughs) i think it's similar in buffalo with the wings too right like there's like two different restaurants there's like like anchor and something like yeah Yeah. I've, i've wanted to do that for a while i'm gonna have to find a reason to go up to buffalo at some point is Buffalo also where the Juicy Lucy is from? Too? No, that's um, ooh, that's like Midwest. Midwest, there's because there's two restaurants who claim they made that cheese. Yeah, yeah. Which also make... I think is the most amazing food of all time. The Juicy that might Lucy. be in like is that the burger with the cheese inside. Yes, it is. Yeah, that might be like Milwaukee. Not or um, that sounds or maybe. Minneapolis. Maybe maybe Minneapolis. Maybe yeah, I think it might be Minneapolis. I remember the episode of uh, Dinah's uh, Drive-ins and Dives. Every restaurant claimed to be the inventor. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, min- it's, 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 like... it's Minneapolis. I think Man vs. Food did one, too, yeah. The thing you have to be careful, though, with those is that the thing you don't think about, and I I learned this the hard way, is that that cheese inside that burger is, like, molten, molten hot. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't cut the burger in half and then take a bite out of it, it doesn't matter <laughs> how good the burger is the rest of it because you have no taste buds anymore. Magma. I feel like um, we're kind of getting a lot of rapid fire meeting the characters at this point, but it doesn't feel rushed because each one's kind of getting a little bit of highlight time. And again, I think the, the mockumentary style, Did you say the yeah, talking it helps heads that. makes that work. Right. Yeah, it makes it work. So you literally have a, a one-on-one discussion with the right. characters because we're getting Melissa next, and there's a nice little they're cluing her in on the white boy situation, kind of how she feels about it. And, like, uh, basically, Janine was kind of saying that it was almost like a term of endearment when they say it to her. And Melissa's like, no, that'd be like if it was Zach Ertz, which I love the Zach Ertz reference because um, he's a tight end for, well, he was in Philly at the time. He's no longer there. I literally had no idea what she was saying. kept Googling names like Zach Gertz or Zach (laughs) Burtz and trying to figure out who it was because I know that little of a ball. So I'm glad that you know who it was because, like, I feel bad that I don't get this reference. Well, he just happened to be a tight end that I was a big fan of. So it was like, so I was excited to hear him called out. But, yeah, that's a thing that we've talked about in shows before. Little references like that. I think he's in Arizona now. Yeah, so The Office was always good about little Scranton callbacks, but, like, things most people wouldn't get because most people don't live in Scranton. But, like, so they're trying to do that here and inject these little things in here. Mention cheesesteaks, mention the Eagles. But to mention a specific player like that that's not a a Hall of Famer type of player, like, that does kind of date the episode even a couple years later. Yeah. Unless you know nothing about football, then you're just like, 
Who's that dude? Yeah. They should have just done what The Office did and named someone Zach Ertz. Yeah. <laughs> they could have. She could have just said Rocky at that point. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and people. That's all they have. And they show um her class and she's teaching them like, but she's doing the whole hundred dollars is a C note. What's half of a hundred. And they play her up as this, like, I, I don't want to keep mentioning the office, but she's kind of like the Meredith in a way. She's very like rough around the edges. Oh, I don't I, see that at all. You don't see that at all. No, that she, this one is much more competent and much more. Yeah, like, she's, not, they like play a, is... she's not a train wreck by any means. And she definitely plays into this, like, I'm Italian thing. Because even in her talking head, she's like just talking to the interviewer, like, you Sicilian? Italian? Like, she's trying to figure it out. Yeah, because she's uh, the most, thirsty. The best thing ever is that she's like, I'm to make a ziti at one point in this episode where it's I'm like, have to oh, make a God, ziti. It's, yeah. it's so relatable for yeah. all of us. Yeah. And right here is where we meet the principal, Ava, and. Again, we're kind of we're getting everyone one at a time right here, but there's not too many characters, so I don't think it's too overwhelming because I kind of feel like she's the last important person you meet. She's very much, I mean, she's the one who invited the camera crew in for this show, like we find out, and definitely wants the attention from it, and is treating this as like her starring in a reality show. So she definitely looks to camera a lot. Very, um, I don't want to say eccentric, but like, I mean, how would you best describe Ava? She's like a clone of. from last week, um, an AP bio, uh, what's her name? You know, the three girls that he teaches yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the three, yeah, the three like, teachers. Per- she sounds and acts just like her. I didn't yeah. get that. I mean, I, there's something, I don't know, I'm trying to, I can't quite place These what These people she's may not be comparable, you know what I mean? They might just be like their own unique characters. Well, I mean, no, we're for trying sure. To, like, I mean, I'm not saying that everything is... I'm not saying that they're ripoffs of other characters. I'm saying that oh, like I was there just are saying she was similar because yeah. they're both sassy. And that's the perfect word. She's like sassy and super self confident, and I guess the kind of person who thinks of themselves as like an Instagram influencer, but maybe really isn't. Does that make sense? You know, people who yeah. like post all that stuff where they're like, "Look at my whatever I did." Everyone's really into it, but they they are not that person. You know. And again, there's this. She's the reason that there's this camera crew here. She basically. She's the principal of the school, but is like, this is my chance to star in a reality show. And she very much treats it like that. Yeah, like, I feel like we all know people who watch those sort of shows, like Real Housewives or whatever, who were like, I could be that person, and then sort of adopt yeah. a tract of trying to find a way into it. She's asking all of them. My problem is that they say it's a news story that they're covering for stuff like that. And doing a whole series, how long could this story be? It's not like they don't say it's like a documentary, like like in the office or some of the other mockumentaries we've covered, right? So how long could a news story be going on that we can get multiple seasons of this show? Yeah, I mean, it probably morphs into something other than a news story. And some, I don't know how they'll play. It, it. just becomes one of those things they just kind of stop talking about. Yeah, I would yeah. assume. You know, you address it and you walk away from it. Yeah, like for example, they mentioned the and and um. Modern Family, the documentary, and then I don't think it's ever mentioned again throughout the entire the, show. I think the just office, the pilot, yeah. The Office doesn't mention it ever up front, right? Just they, season, season nine only. Yeah, this, yeah. Well, anyways, here she's kind of asking the other teachers, like, oh, how do you feel about all this? And like, it's distracting and it's going to make things more difficult. And she's talking about how, well, you know, no press is bad press. And that's when we get the look at Mel Gibson still striving, uh, still thriving. Um, she uses Daddy's Home 2 as the reference yeah. to how thriving Mel Gibson is <laughs> you in know 2022. What? That movie is fantastic. Oh. So, 
It's John see Lithgow it, in it, and he plays uh, Will Ferrell's dad, and it's this perfect casting. I mean, the sentence, John Lithgow plays Will Ferrell's dad, does make me uh, a little want to see it. If you've seen Daddy's Home 1, man, Daddy's Home 2, great Christmas movie for when uh, I love uh, your Christmas movie. The, months of the months of December coming up. We get a little bit of the side talking head where Janine basically says that Ava's terrible at her job. And when we get back to them talking again, she's asking her, like, oh, hey, we need more rugs and all this stuff. And she's very quick to be like, new, 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 need, need, need. Like, we don't have money for any of this stuff. And she's, like, looking at Barbara. Like, look at Barbara over here. Like, she doesn't ask for anything. And look at her. She's doing fantastic. And it's basically just because Barbara basically explains, like, I've basically given up. Like, I've accepted the situation for what it is. And I just make the most of what I have. Not to say she, she doesn't phone in it as a teacher. But as far as trusting in the system to provide for her, she's kind of given up on that dream a long time ago. I do love that realistic character, the Barbara, where it's like, it's like, the, you, you said it perfectly right there. She doesn't believe in the system, but she's doing her best to be outside of it. It's almost like the same thing as like every 80s cop movie. Where it's like, I have to go outside the system so I can do what's good. Like, she knows that she wants to teach these kids. She wants to give them a better future. But she can't rely on, like, whatever structure is already there because it's right. totally fucked. By the way, there's no way that in the future there's not a flashback episode of her being young and being just like Janine. And you see, like, how the system yeah. breaks her down. There's, just, there's no way that doesn't exist. Or it, it'll, at least I feel on. like, yeah, that'll happen at one point. I would love that episode, yeah. And there's, there's that point where all the teachers are kind of talking amongst themselves, too, about, like, getting things for their classrooms. And it's brought up that Melissa has all these new toy cash registers for her classroom. It's like, those aren't toys. And we kind of find out that Melissa's someone who just knows people, right? So she she knows a guy who can hook her up for whatever. Like, all these different she, people. I'm guessing mafia ties. Like it sounds kind of like, like, well, they definitely lean into the I'm yeah. Italian thing. So I feel like it's going to be an unspoken. An organization uh, right. we don't mention the name of. It fell off she the back of the truck. needs rebar. That's my <laughs> so favorite thing to offer somebody. Like, need some rebar? I like that it's that these cash registers are from a Walmart demolition. So you have these second graders just playing with actual Walmart cashiers, uh, <laughs> uh, cash registers. Like what game is that? Like those, those aren't even, I guess I can't think too much about it. Right. Cause uh, they, they would clearly be like set up into like, <laughs> you can't. I think you need like a computer system too to work. Yeah. Those. Like I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't used a been ca- digital for a very long time. Like in my head that these old, like ching cash right. registers. But yeah, I love that they're like eighties Walmart cash registers. There's a Walmart in New Hampshire, right across the Massachusetts border. I forget what town it is, but like, you're so used to now, like the Walmart super centers. This is right before COVID. We were in maybe Haverhill going somewhere. And it's like right across the border. We got dinner. I'm like, oh, we'll stop in the Walmart and get, like, beer or whatever. We walked in, and it was a Walmart from, like, 1989, and it was magnificent. It was the weirdest, smallest, everything hadn't been touched. It was like being a kid Walmart ever, and I hope, hope that they didn't change it, because it was the worst Walmart ever. It didn't have anything. It was terrible. It was tiny. It was weird. But it felt so like being in, like, a Bradley's or a Caldor or something again. It was amazing. Oh, this is like Caldors. <laughs> Keep trying. Go ahead. Keep trying. I was waiting for Joe to mention whatever quirky thing he bought there. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, oh, I bought beer. <laughs> Frozen chicken tenders. I don't know. Do they have beer there? It not being a super center. Yeah, even the New Hampshire one had beer. Yeah, because when you're in those parts, again, uh, state to state, it's different. So it's always difficult when you. 
for people listening in other states, it's like you you don't know what's normal in other areas, but like here we can't just walk into like any convenience store or CVS or whatever and just get beer. And then you go you in go other states where it's just, it's just <laughs> everywhere. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it Maine, you can get it anywhere, whatever you need. But oddly, the Walmart will not sell hard liquor. I didn't know that. Yeah, up Probably here you get it the, the, the grocery store. Does that store, have to do with the state liquor store thing they have? No, not New Hampshire. Maine has no state liquor stores. You you can buy hard liquor at like Maine. the Walgreens, and you can buy state hard liquor at the grocery store. But yeah. Walmart weirdly doesn't sell hard liquor. I don't know if it's like a thing they do. That might just be a them thing. Yeah. Or they're like, maybe somebody shouldn't buy a handle of whiskey at four in the morning at the Walmart. It's probably not a good idea. As they continue to talk to you, you also have that like thing where Barbara's kind of like, I don't know, in a way, just kind of saying like, listen, there's a reason why like these these teachers aren't lasting here. And talking about like how Jacob has to go for a smoke break every five minutes. And and then says that there's, uh, <laughs> this place has more turnovers than a bakery. I thought I was going to get another. I was waiting for another football reference. That would have been the spot for one, yeah. Speaking of bakeries, is that kind of Boston's Pats and Geno's? I don't think people think of it that way. Like I don't. Think everywhere people... you go, it's Mike's Pastry and and well, it's really just Mike's, but a modern is the other one that people go to. Bovis I guess. too. There's three. Bovis, yeah. But I don't think that's a renowned thing. I don't think you talk to someone in like in Wyoming or or or, or like North Dakota and be like, hey, like you live in Boston? Like, do you go to Mike's pastry? Like that doesn't happen. But I think, I think it's more around Gino's. new England. Yeah. New England and other parts of the country that have a big Italian population just have those bakeries. Right. I, I think people bakery. find out when they travel to Boston, you start Googling like places to visit in Boston. And yeah. Like, oh, and make sure you go to modern. Pop right. up, yeah. But like Pat's and Gino's are one of those things that everybody knows about everybody. This is also uh, in the conversation when Jacob talking about, uh, he was trying to compare something to when he taught in Zimbabwe for a little while. And I was kind of confused because he was just kind of using that. I don't know. He must bring it up all the time. That's what I, yeah. He just must yeah, bring it up all the time. He's trying to relate to the other people because because he feels weird being like, you know, a, a minority among a predominantly black school. Because like Janine shuts him down. He's like, what did I say to you about talking about your time in Africa? And he's like, you told me to stop. And it's like, but it didn't. It didn't sync with me watching it in the moment. Like, why is she so... Because she's not a mean character, and she, like, shut him down when he's just trying to talk about his life experience. So I figured it had to be a product of, he always does this, and she's just tired of it. This is when they yeah. needed a cutaway, and they didn't have one. This would be a good cutaway scene, yeah. Because that's, like, what you think, right? It's like, he just brings it up all the time, or also she's, like, trying... Because she is friends with him. She doesn't want him to, like, embarrass himself or say it to somebody who might shut him down, not politely, you know? It's probably why he's a white boy at the cheesesteak store. That's a good point, too. If he goes in there, he's like, they didn't have these when I was in Zimbabwe. And the guy's like, all right, wait. Ever hear of it? <laughs> Keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is nothing like the food I had in Africa when I was there. Uh, the countries so that start with Z sounds like a uh, yeah. Jeopardy category. Like foods right. that start with Q and white men can't jump. White boy. <laughs> there we go. Boom. What is a quiche? So <laughs> Which is the funniest line of that entire movie. Right around here is when you the a couple teachers are talking. You hear like a commotion in the hallway, and we find out that Miss Schwartz, who's she was a teacher like who was in the room earlier I mentioned, where she was just kind of like in the most chaotic of rooms, kicked one of the te- uh, one of the students. <laughs> you know, everyone in the hallway is going nuts. So like, they run over to see what's going on, and she's like, "He hit me first. and it's like, so by saying first, you're you're admitting to hitting back. Right you also hit back. back. Yeah, you're not trying to stop it. 
you kind of have to admit it. You're being followed around by a, a documentary team. True. Camera didn't catch the hit, though. Well, as far as we know, we're following that, a different camera. That crew didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, that becomes like a whole thing. And, you know, it's it just... <laughs> I don't know. Like that's an instant fire, right? Like if you, start oh yeah, a kid, yeah. A, a, let alone a kid at that age. I mean, yeah, if you kick a high school cap, kid, if you're it's not an at a Catholic fire. school, then yeah. Yeah, right. No, no, uh, actual being able to do that. But like, yeah. So what's the oldest kid in this school? Nine, ten. Yeah, yeah. You can't they, have a, a full grown woman kicking a child because they go over it. Like it's the one thing you can't do. Like you can threaten them, you can yell at them, you can threaten the parents, you can mildly embarrass them, but you cannot hit them. And all the cutaways to each teacher talk about how you can't do that. That's probably my favorite scene of the whole episode. It is a good scene, yeah, because they're also all on board. They're th- but it makes you feel bad for Miss Schwartz, too, right? We're like, this woman cracked under the pressure of this terrible system. And everyone there, like, there's no sympathy for her, you know? Yeah, because we find out from the principal that she basically was instantly fired, which, again, is justified. But now she has Mr. Johnson teaching the class in her absence, and he's the janitor. <laughs> so good and then you yeah you get that cutaway scene where it's like yeah he's telling all these what second graders that the illuminati run the world (laughs) and this was legitimately the first time i laughed in the episode it's like what is this at the halfway point and i will say without being like other episodes for sure the best character of this entire series is mr johnson he is the he's glue creed. that keeps the show funny. He's perfect. He's Des- the creed. Yeah, exactly. Described as the 70-year-old custodian who voted for Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, like, set him up perfectly to be like, oh, this guy is the guy you want. Is like the uh, Nick saying Creed is perfect, right? Like, you only see him a little bit at first, and then you keep weeding him in more and more into storylines because he's such a funny character. But also, you have to toy that line with a character like that, because if you give too much... Yeah. I will say, though, there's nothing funnier to me than later creed well like he shows up covered in blood <laughs> he's like yeah. it's like that stuff or like you know there's just so many insane things creed does later in the end where you're like this is so fun but like the early creed too where he's like i want to introduce you to my son he's like i'm not gay he's like what's your name like it just gets so fucking weird you know <laughs> yeah. that this character I, feels like that he feels like early creed i feel like if you were listening to our show for the first time and if you are uh thank you for listening and catching up on us if someone was to write a review on Apple, it would say, like, a group of friends who don't cover The Office but don't stop talking about The Office. <laughs> well, it's hard to be people who are, like, you know, in their 30s talking yeah. about sitcoms who The Office doesn't, like, hold up. It's hard to over, not you know? draw the comparisons when it's you're just such a big influence. Yeah, the Office has been my was my go to sleep show for, like, three years. And I've seen the show all the way through, like, at least five times because yeah. of that. Like. But also, this is a mockumentary sitcom about about Pennsylvania. Like, it, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, of course. This is the conversation after we find out this girl's fired too, where Janine's like, "Okay, like enough. Like, we we need to like we need some money here, and like like things are getting bad." And Ava's like says, "Okay, you know what? I'll I'll try to get a small budget request, and you know, and we'll figure out from there." She's talking about like, can we even get rugs? And she's like, yeah, just write an email and like put everything you need in it, and we'll we'll look at it after that. And she's like super excited now, and now she's almost like she's almost like mocking Barbara now for Barbara doesn't believe in the system, right? And now she's like, look at this. Now I, I'm I can write an email with all the things we need, and we're gonna get this like magic wand, and all our problems are solved. 
And she's kind of putting it in Barbara's face, which is kind of funny because usually intimidated by her in a way. So like she has this confidence that's like bursting in her at the moment at the thought of like getting all these things for the school. Her optimism is taking over. It's weird that she like, I mean, you don't know her history, right? But like we all had jobs before we were in our early 20s where like you got beaten down, right? We're like, you just accepted you weren't going to get things that you wanted. So I, I guess you kind of get the idea too that she's like super, like this is maybe her first job. Right, like she never worked. She went to college. Now she's a teacher, and she's so like the system's gonna work. Right, it's like it's hard to want to crush her because she's never been crushed before, or axed or smashed, or axed or smashed, uh, or coned. What's the new one? Blast. (laughs) (laughs) I love weirdo demolition members. For those of you who don't like wrestling, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's also something that'll happen a bit here. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, we all had teenage jobs, right? So, like, you were – we were given that mentality of, like, you'll want something and you won't get it. That's how work is. And it feels like that she is, is too, you know, doesn't have that experience. The world hasn't, like, completely, like, yeah, crushed her yet. Here we meet Gregory, who is the replacement sub-teacher, who is going to be <laughs> – He's like, I'm the teacher who's here um, to replace the one who punted a student. <laughs> and oh, punted. Ava, and Ava's like, oh, I thought like someone required. Um, and Ava's like, oh, I thought one of the colleagues here hired a stripper for me. And like laughing goes, okay. <laughs> like so uncomfortable. Yeah. What, does she call him chocolate drop through the whole rest of the episode as well? Yeah, like, that's not very good for the school that they had an assault and then sexual harassment. In the same <laughs> right, like, over and over again. And then this was referenced earlier. This is Tyler James Williams, who plays Gregory. And we know him because he was the star of uh, Everybody Hates Chris. And it's like, it is crazy because that show to me isn't that old. And now I'm looking at an adult man with an adult, deeper voice and going, right. He was a child in a time where we watched the show. Like, he's like, how old is he? Like 30? I don't know. It's just weird to see him. Yeah, he's thirty. I think exactly this year. Yeah. So it's weird well. I to still see... I, we talked about this when we did the show, but I think w- most people saw Everybody Hates Chris in syndication. True. Yeah. Later. So we might have caught a little later too. But yeah, because in my brain, he's still a child. Like, but that show is right. also a show that's older than you remember. So it it's just I don't know to see him here. It didn't flag me at first. It was more uh, that guy looks familiar, and then I clicked it and went, "Oh my god, it is him." And also good for him as a child actor who was good as a child and good as an adult because he's great in this too. Yeah, plays and it's, I mean, obviously it's played very differently and it's like, you don't see the same style. Like he's going about, you know, his performance is very, very different. I like the idea though in A Weird World where now he just keeps doing Chris Rock roles. So we get like (laughs) a remake of New Jack City where he gets to play Pookie or we can do a number of other movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every Chris Rock movie from, like, the 90s. Come on, let's do it. Come have all Scotty, the, I'm gonna die. You have all the other teachers kind of greeting him along the way, and you have Jacob, who thinks that they're gonna be, like, bros, because there's not a lot of, like, male teachers at the school. And it's just, like, so awkward with him trying to, like, <laughs> relate to this guy. He's like, oh, I got someone I could talk sports with. Like, you like women's tennis? Or as I like to call it, you know, just tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's his funniest line of the whole episode. It, like, gives you his whole character all the way through. Yeah, and the best thing about Gregory, too, is when he does his talking head, he says that he applied here to be the principal, and he didn't get the job. 
and somebody else got the no, job. No, he did got the job, and they took it away from him. Oh, right. He yeah, gets the job, yeah. but they take it away from him, and we know that Ava's the principal. And it cuts to Ava, who is just beaming ear to ear. It says that she caught the superintendent cheating on the deacon at the church they go to. It's just like, I need a job, and then gets it. Which makes this whole thing so funny, that she is so unqualified. And I wish we had, like, a better backstory on what she was doing before she became school principal. And what's nice here, too, is, like, not only is that a, like, a funny little quip, but it also explains that his intention isn't to be there long because his goal, his aspirations are not as a teacher. It's to be, like, he went to school to be, like, a more administrative level and be a principal. So the way things cycle later in the episode, it's very telling, right? Because at this point, we know his intentions are not to stick around. It's a weird thing to me, too. I never thought of this, like... Literally the other day I was talking to my sister and she was asking me about somebody who's now one of the principals in our school system we grew up with, who was our gym teacher at the time, right? And I always just thought that, like, you kind of just became a teacher and you had a long term and if you were good, they sort of promoted you up. I never knew that you could go to school to be a school teacher, a school principal. I didn't think that was, like, like, a major. If it's who I'm thinking of, she's still rotten. Oh, no, it's a guy. Oh, then it's not who I'm thinking of. And he wants you to giddy up for Gaga. Really? Yeah, he's one of the principals. And that's good for him, right? Like, But that's what I just thought. It's like it's one of those jobs where like merit-based works you up, right? Like like a job, be like, be like, I don't know, if you're like a firefighter or a cop or Why whatever. Like, you Winthrop do this have, thing and you learn stuff. Winthrop has multiple principals that are former gym teachers. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, it also explains why none of us graduated college and why we're all as smart as we are, I think, probably. But, but it does explain why we're, why we're all Gaga. super athletes. Is also true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, not, not to regionalize it too much, we get back to Janine's class, and you hear, like, the kids going, ew, and you look over, and one of the students threw up, like, right on the desk, and she has to, like, pick her up and, like, bring her over to the bathroom area. Now, I was a little confused by this. She brings this girl. It's a female teacher and a female student. Why are they in the men's room? So, I wondered the same thing. I tracked it that there were the ladies' room, and then there were the definitely new guy. urinals in this bathroom. Oh, I didn't yeah. see urinals. Yeah, it's, they were all up against the wall, right where he's standing. That's so a that's, that's a good place to put urinals is against the wall. <laughs> I said where he's standing. <laughs> <laughs> but were there water cookies in those urinals? No, it wasn't a trough. Oh, I miss a good trough. But it's one of those like I I don't know I like so I get the need to have them interact because this is where Janine meets Gregory for the first time. Because Gregory's dealing with the student that apparently had a bathroom accident himself. So when she first meets Gregory, he's coming out of a bathroom stall holding pants of a child. And holding soaked children's pants. Just, yes. Yeah, that's a bad introduction. It's just like, she's like, random man, child pants, <laughs> security. I thought that was funny, just the random man, child pants thing. And he's explaining what happened. The kid was about to have an accident and then ended up peeing his pants and... Um, but yeah, it was just like, I, I get you want these two to cross, and this is kind of a, both of them are ripped out of their classroom because of bathroom emergencies, so okay. But they are clearly in a men's room, and I don't understand how this makes sense. Maybe the school is just so low budget that women's bathroom is destroyed, so they all have to use the same bathroom. Or that she's so flustered taking the kid out because she's new that she just like, goes into the first bathroom, the first sink she can find, you know? Also, like, Gregory is completely soaked. Because I guess when he went to flush the toilet, like, the water shot back up at him. It's like, oh, no, no one told you about reverse toilet. 
Did you not get a laugh out of that, Ferg? Because I was like, Ferg will get a laugh. We'll I thought reversing toilet that was is funny. funny. Yeah. No, because Adding that is e? my nightmare. If I'm taking a shit and even like water splashes back up at my butt, like <laughs> that ruins my day. So for it to shoot up and completely hit me, that is literally my nightmare. So I guess the bidet we all chipped in to get you for your uh, birthday is, is out the window. <laughs> I like how he said it ruins his day. Like, <laughs> he's just like moping around. Like, what's up, man? Like, I don't want to talk about it. The water tickled my balls again and my whole day's thrown off. That that water is everyone who's pooped and peed in it all day. Or all, what, you month, or all year. Yeah, oh, if it happens at home, it's you as well. It's yours. I don't care if it's at home. Although, <laughs> although then it's got my like poo water. I don't like that either. So I do care if it's at home. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. You know, we could we could move into an outhouse. You'd never have to worry about the risk. But then you got to worry about spiders. Mm, buttholes. I'm worried about spiders. Just poo water. <laughs> well, now we know Ferg's kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't throw poop water at me. <laughs> I think that should be a lot of people's kryptonite. <laughs> Genuine me. <laughs> so as this is going completely off the rails, I, I do want to cycle back a little bit. Um, this interaction between Janine and Gregory, I mean, obviously, it's not even like too subtle. This is definitely the will they won't they set. Yeah, this up. is the very obvious will they won't. This is they. a they will. It's not even a will they won't. They. Yeah, this is a w- when will they? Yes, and I feel like, and I don't know, and I, you know, Joe, you've watched it. I haven't yet. I feel like they're not gonna they're not gonna wait too long on this one either. No, they do a great job of this. They don't. They draw this out and they give each other both uh, significant others into the second ah. season, which is, I think, a smart way to do it. And then you find out, too, that her significant other is just like a guy that walks all over her and is like an idiot. Right. Because like that's her character. So the writing is like is they do. I assume third season must be a they will if they ever make a third season because TV currently doesn't exist right now. But so uh, after that, we get back into the classrooms and I believe it's. We're in Barbara's class, and Janine's walking in because she wants Barbara to kind of look over her proposal for all the things that she's going to request for this emergency fund. She's telling Janine, like, straight up, like, listen, like, you're not getting all these things you think you're going to get, you know? And, like, I don't know. She's very, like, cold towards Janine. I mean, we, we see kind of a shift later in the episode, but I think it's just that, like, that realism. She's just trying to be, like, I don't know, matter of fact, towards her. I, I, I don't know where she kind of views Janine at this point. Like, if she if, if she even likes her yet. <laughs> or if she's just trying to, like, clue her in. Yeah, I don't think it's an issue of like. I think it's more of a... I think that the way I look at it is she thinks she will last as a teacher and that she is a good teacher. Yeah. But she has to give her that, like, dose of realism to be like, look, for you to yeah, respect me. And, yeah, like, if you want to be like me, if that's your goal, be like a 30-year teacher... You have to understand this is not how things work. Like you have too much. Um, yeah. you're, you're, you're delusional your hopes, about how it works. Yeah. You know, you're getting your hopes up over this thing that's probably not going to happen. So you just kind of have to understand, like this, you know, that it probably is not going to happen, and that you have to figure out a way to move forward when it doesn't. It's also been brought up a lot in the episode that new teachers never last there, and out of fifteen, yeah. there's only two left. Yep. So maybe she doesn't want to get attached to the new person and be friendly if she's just going to be gone next year That's when the probably system spits primarily her out. why, yeah. It, it's the same as the other teacher not wanting to learn Gregory's name yet. It's like it's a right. waste of yeah. time. You're not going to be here. And especially him, he's a substitute. He's not even like a hired full-time teacher. Yeah. And now 
during this conversation, we get Ava, the principal, over the loudspeaker making an announcement that she needs everyone to come up front um, to the entrance for a special announcement about some much-needed improvements to the school that she just made happen. And now this Not is everyone, like, all the teachers. Okay, all the teachers, yeah. And this is like, this is Janine again getting very excited and being like, she's like singing and like really like kind of a we did it moment and telling Barbara again like this, like, look, like change does happen, like have faith in the system. And they all head out. And there's almost like, it's almost looked at like press conference style, the way it's set up to show them that like what's going on. It's just, <laughs> it's unveiled that basically all Ava did was had a new sign made for the school. And it's just, it has the name of the school with her picture on it. And she's leaning against the T's on Abbott, which is the best way to do it. Although in between all of them with her arms out would have been fun too. And it was like, it cost the full $3,000 that she was allotted in this emergency fund, which also felt like not enough money to do anything nowadays. Like even in like anything helps, but $3,000 in the scope of like this entire elementary school, like what were you going to do with that? At one point, the money was for an aid, right? Like, there's one thing. She even says, she's like, then you get the rugs or the aids, whatever you need. So $3,000 for a nine-month salary? That does not work out. Like, that's not a... Like, that's not an amount of money that would It was not going to cover that. it, yeah. Yeah. Even the rugs. Like, I was... I kept thinking, I was like, why don't they just buy the rugs and not that... And then I was like, I remembered when I bought a rug, I'm like, shit, rugs are expensive. Rugs are a lot more expensive rugs than... Rugs are crazy expensive. And if you want those fun new ones now, they're like, you can put it in the washing machine and you can always wash it. You're like, oh my god, that's amazing. They're like, this costs like three rugs. You're like, well, fuck me. I'll try three rugs. <laughs> and like, she had to pay like extra money to get this rushed and made immediately. Like, not only did she decide, like, this is what I'm doing with the with the money. It's we need the sign immediately to fix the school. This is like when I almost got a giant check made and then found out how much it cost to do it. it was like, well, that'll take away from the charity and I can't do it. So also like from getting a rush. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't real life though. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't. I tried to. And it th- I would assume that maybe part of the sign and having her picture on it, like this was all the optics because there's this film crew here and she's trying I don't know, like this, un, like this reveal to her is is good for the news piece or whatever that's being made. Because Ava's delusional, like she uh, she doesn't realize that this is a terrible idea. But and I think that that having her on it, there's something about the vanity all kind of clicks together at this point. I feel like that's what makes her character fun too. Is like even when in this next scene where they're doing the sort of like a not happy moment, you never really get that she's super vindictive. She's kind of so delusional that like she doesn't fire. Janine ever right or threatened to she no, fire but, yeah. the only time she ever fires somebody is if they kick a kid right which like you have to so she only really has to step up like she I feel like she can like be like we'll make this work for everybody which is sort of endearing because what happened was yeah Janine in the next scene is talking to a couple of the other teachers and she's like you know like enough's enough basically like I figured out how to get rid of Ava wrote a letter to the superintendent and the other teachers like what are you doing like the superintendent doesn't read those emails. Like those all got auto forwarded back to like the principal. So now she basically sent a scaling email explaining why Ava needs to be fired. And it goes straight to Ava. Also, what a a terrible superintendent of the school system. Yeah. You have a teacher who emails the superintendent of the school system and it bounces back to the principal. They never read it. What? I mean, like we already know he's a bad guy because he's, he did a nepotism hire after getting caught cheating, but like, that's a terrible abuse of power here well we're seeing that like i mean obviously there's just not a lot of love and attention put into the school system 
and without the passion of certain teachers who like genuinely care for these students, like there's not going to be a lot of effort put in on all levels. Because I think everyone just mails it in after a while. Right, but being a teacher is a calling. She jumped to doing a letter to try to get her fired instead of talking to her first, or at least express your displeasure. Like, they're all, up until this point, getting along, so this came out of the blue. I don't like that part of Janine that did that. Sure, I mean, it's one of those, we're walking into a story late, you know, so how many of these things happened in the past to get us there? But yeah, it's as far as we're seeing, it doesn't necessarily, even though Janine's in the right, it I guess in our brains, it doesn't paint you as a positive character if you're calling for someone to be fired over this. But also, like, either you create a burner email... Right, like you create like a mask email or whatever, or like you create a Google email, or you send like a physical letter and you sign it. The teachers at Abbott Elementary, you don't get yourself so caught up in it that your name, email, and signature are part of it. Like that's there's no way that's gonna go well. You know what I mean? Also, why is she under the impression she's a brand new teacher that that this person's gonna take her word over the person who's been there for a long time? I don't think Ava's necessarily been there for a very yeah, long time either. We don't know that. Yeah, it's a good question. How long has Ava been the principal? I think because, she's been there for a while because of just how, like, her relationship with the other teachers. They no, because think about it. Well. Gregory applied and was supposed to get that job, and he's not that old, so. Yeah, I guess so. True. But, yeah, so Ava cuts in. Like, during this conversation, as Janine's finding out in real time that Ava now definitely saw that email, is when Ava cuts in, and you can see her staring from her office at them when she's making the intercom announcement that all the teachers need to meet up because it's come to her attention that some of them, one of them uh, is uh, thinks it's okay to go over her head. So now during lunch break, they all have to meet up and um, learn how to become a work family. I can't think of anything worse to do on a lunch break. It's just so uncomfortable, right? In that and moment. She, because... Do you think she, I mean, she did this on purpose, not only to punish her, to make everybody else dislike her. <laughs> like they have to go to the meeting because of her. And then the meeting comes and she wants to shit all over her on the meeting and wants everybody else to do the same too. Yeah. It's just like, it's, I, I just, I'm in the moment. I'm kind of putting myself in Janine's shoes and like what an uncomfortable situation you have to walk into because now, you know, your boss might want to fire you in this moment. And on top of it, it's about to, like, belittle you in front of everyone and basically call you out. So it's just, like, what a, a terrible, like, weighted situation to have to walk into now. They really do a good job of making you dislike the principal. Yeah. I mean, she's one of those ones where I would assume as this show fleshes out more, they're going to have to make her more likable and give her some storylines that make you enjoy her being there. But here, she's zero redeemable qualities she's yeah, just I, a shitty person i didn't find her unlikable until this point like i thought the sign thing was like she's arrogant but she like, i didn't think she was being vindictive or anything right. like that and then with this scene it's like wow, wow she's a bully <laughs> like, and in fairness i i guess to give her any credit if i was in her shoes and i get an email that was supposed to go over my head from someone who works under me calling for me to be fired. Am I going to be happy about that either? You know what I mean? Like obviously anyone, it's really tough to just disassociate and pretend like, Oh, you know, 
maybe I need to correct myself. Maybe it's my like no, you can be like yeah. fuck her. You know, she's trying to get me fired. So I can I can understand the mindset, but it's a tough situation. It's a juvenile way to do do it. Bring everyone around her, and you suck. Like so, basically, like we start this meeting now with all the teachers, and Ava's saying like, "Hey, like we're all gonna just take turns picking randomly like different people, and we're just gonna go over things that we don't like about them." It's like let's start with Janine, and you know says that she's pushy, squeaky, and annoying, and then she's like. All right, anyone else want to like join in on this? Like, let's just talk about Janine more. And no one wants to until we get that uh, custodian again who just jumps in and just goes like, she's got big feet. Again, perfect creed use, right? Like, just pop yes. him in for one last this time for me. one comment and then done. Just in the way back of the room, she got pretty big feet. <laughs> and oddly, like, why was there a student there? How did that happen? Well, she was like a character witness for the principal for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's like it's a courtroom. Like this is twelve angry men, and they made this poor girl miss her lunch. There is a point like later in the scene though, because for some reason, even though they all had to miss lunch, Janine found a way to get some pizza. Uh, does offer to that student who's missing lunch also, and the student who is hungry doesn't want to eat it. So that speaks volumes about how poor this pizza yeah. is. Yeah, not quality pizza. I never minded school pizza. Same. It's always on, on, like, TV. It's, like, disgusting. I'm like, this is delicious. It's always just, like, Ilios. It's just, like, yeah, like, you wouldn't go out of your way to get that, but it's fine. It's weird, too, because, like, it makes you curious, but it's not like you could just go back and see what they serve at school now, because I'm sure everything's so different. Like, we got lucky, right? Like, they, like, health concerns became a thing years after we left high school. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yes, we got unhealthy lunches, but in the grand scheme, it was still pretty tasty. You know, I mean, we had like some pretty decent chicken sandwiches. We had some questionable burgers, but I mean, if you were in the mood for but a they burger, were good. it did the I job. I would get the burgers you know? most days. There was always like when we went to and high the school. the foil, yeah. It yeah. was like the burger and the chicken sandwiches and the pizza, I think, were like every day was available. And then they'd always have like yeah. a special item of the of the day. Well, in high I, school too, we had the sandwich bar, which was great. I used to get like turkey and cheese roll-ups every day. It was great. I had no idea how much Joe was into like, you know, like cold cuts. Like this. Yeah, it's my go-to, yeah. Again, to stuff we talked about off-air, but Joe's love of a ham and cheese sandwich. And a cannoli. There are so, f so few foods that don't make me sick, so you really got to lean in when what you can. Is, well, it, you said mustard for your ham and cheese. Anything yeah. else? I mean, if I'm just making a sandwich because I'm trying to eat quickly, it would just be ham, cheese, and mustard. But if I was, like, if I had my druthers or I was getting, like, a sub from a sub shop, ham, cheese, pickled tomato. That's how I usually go. You don't do any mayo? No. If I do actually a sandwich from like a sub shop too, I do ham, cheese, pickled tomato, and nothing as far as dressing. I can't no. do any sandwich meat without mayo. To me, I can't. If I'm so home, dry. Like, oh, well, if I'm making like a turkey and cheese sandwich, like I'm going to add mayo because it needs it. It's usually like the turkey. I still do mustard. I'm not a big mustard guy. Mustard and mayo together can be good. You really have to get the. It's like mainly mustard. Like you can't go heavy on the mayo you know at what all. What it is is mayo mixes with things very well. Like mayo and ketchup also go well together. Right. Yeah. If you think about like there's like a like the, when you get like a deluxe burger for some places and they're like and it has mayo, mustard, and ketchup on it. Like I would never do that myself, but when it's there, sometimes you're like, this is pretty good. I just recently stopped putting mayonnaise on my burgers, actually. I used to be a pickle, onion, ketchup, mayo burger. 
and I subbed out the mustard, the mayo for mustard. I do like a traditional like McDonald's double yeah. cheeseburger style. And, the only way uh, I Jay's do shaking mayo. his head because let's hear yours, Jay. Yeah, what's I don't your like. Mind? I just don't like mustard. I, um, so I'm with you on that. We've talked burgers in, uh, plenty of times in the past, but uh, like clean slate. If we're talking like we're at a fast food place, and this isn't like some specialty specialty thing. Usually, I do um, lettuce, tomato, mayo. It's kind of like the all the time, or and I might add bacon once in a while. So, um, but yeah, we take bacon out of the equation because most people like bacon. It's you know, it's, it's like a. Bonus. What do you get out of lettuce on a burger? Like, is it a consistency thing, or you do like it, it's not? It can't be a flavor oh, thing. It I doesn't get like, like anything. It's both. I like. Here's the thing: you can't have warm bacon on it. You have to have warm bacon, warm lettuce. If you put a piece of nice, crisp, like just out of the fridge lettuce on it. It's got crunch. See, I don't like flavor. a big leaf no, of anything it. on any sandwich. I like if it has to be lettuce, shred it. You shred like it. a nice fr- like a fresh shred. That's gonna be in a that... sub. Shredded lettuce. I can do it on a. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like, like lettuce on sub. anything, but if it shred has it. to be <laughs> shred us. Yeah, so we always call it. Whatever. We're going to the grocery store. Like we need <laughs> lettuce tonight. But like, do we need like green leaf or shred us? That's what we call it. No, it's really good. Shred us on a taco. Oh yeah, it, makes it, it has to be. You can't do a very, full leaf of lettuce very taco on a taco. Belly. That's some well, that's you still shit. can, but you got to strip it. You gotta, like, that's Americanized strips. Taco Bell tacos. Like if you're getting a yeah, real taco, yeah. 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 I remember oh. there's a place down the street from my house that has tacos, and it's it's listed. It's like it feels so to me. It's like you can order them either Mexican style or American style. <laughs> so if you get it Mexican style, it's just like cilantro uh, and onion, and if you get it American style, it's like shredded lettuce and cheese. Yeah, yeah, the, the right way to do it, and I bake mine. That's not the right way to do it. I enjoy it that like I love Taco Bell, love Taco Bell, but like that far from the correct way to damn it. No, no, no. But I'm saying if you ever make tacos at home, right, and you like putting cheese on your tacos, the best way to do it is when you're done making all the taco meat, load up the shells, then put cheese on them, and then pop them in the oven for like five minutes. The cheese makes everything together, so when you bite it, nothing falls out at you. And then you put your salsa or taco sauce and lettuce tomato on top. It's perfect. No sour cream? Fuck you. I like sour cream more on nachos than tacos. One of the very, very few dairy products that you can get dairy-free, and it's not that bad. I don't know if yeah. you ever had sour dairy-free cream? sour cream. It's. I'm not sure I would notice if you didn't tell me. We should really just start a food podcast <laughs> right? on the side. Yeah. Ninety uh, percent of our tangents. Are I feel we, like we go food often. arguing Why? about the burgers. I, I eat like a child, and Joe can't eat anything because his stomach is broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pork real quick. <laughs> so eventually, like this um, braiding of Janine ends. We kind of cut to the scene afterwards, and you see like a student who's like asleep on the floor. Janine's talking to the, a couple of the other teachers, and she's kind of explaining like, "Oh, like he sleeps." Like they're all all the time. Like he doesn't get much sleep at home, and his parents fight, and like he's in a bad situation. So like he always falls asleep, and I, you know, I would always have him, you know, tell him to sleep at the desk. But he says that the rug's softer, and it's like even softer than his bed at home. And That's heart wrenching. That yeah, scene that was, really hits that was you. So, that was sad. I would argue it's too heart wrenching. I get what they were going for, and they didn't too much to though, go maybe? that hard with it. I don't think. Yeah. I get it. You have poor conditions. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, but like, I agree with you, Nick. I think they could have been like, tell him to sleep at the desk, but he says that's softer than the desk. You'd have been like, this poor kid's got a tough life at home and he's tired. And then you just she throw- should be telling him, don't sleep in school, not sleep somewhere <laughs> well, better. 
It's at lunch, though. It's at his lunch break. But, like, twisting the knife in and being like, and it's better than his straw bed at home. You're like, oh, this poor fucking kid. And it's like one of those... It's explaining some of the importance to her of getting this new rug, too. Because that rug isn't just about... It calms the kids down. It's another... It's another reason for us to root for her to get the rug, right? Because now we know that, like, it affects... Right. Like, this kid now so so strongly. And this is... Also, I think when Barbara really starts to warm up to her, because now she's seeing that and she sees like that this is kind of why she's pushing for these rugs so much. And she's trying to tell Janine, like, you know, when you teach somewhere like here, like you have to be everything. And sometimes you have to make your own changes because like we're also the admin, we're the therapists, we're the social workers, we're the second parents, sometimes we're even the first parents. And, you know, we do this because we love it. You know, that's, that's part of it. Like, and we know like historically that it's always been the joke, the common knowledge that teachers are underpaid. So like, you know, when she's telling her this, like, obviously we do this job because we care. It's a bummer, man. Cause it's, it's such an underpaid job, underappreciated job. And you spend so much money in college to become a teacher, right? Like yeah. to go in and get like your master's in education to become a teacher full time and then get paid so little, like, that's that's where we have some fuck ups in this country for sure. Yeah, you really gotta want to do it. And I'm glad there are people out there who do want to sure, do yeah. it because I certainly don't. <laughs> right, like I don't want to do that. Yeah. And we've had we've all had good teachers and bad teachers, and you remember the good ones and you remember yeah. the bad ones. You remember them both differently, you know. Melissa says she could make more money working on the street, and this was like a nice moment too, where again, like not just Barbara, but I think all this all these teachers are bonding a little bit in this moment. And they yeah, kind of just she, like, she walked out of the meeting, and they all followed her out. That was the yeah, real that moment. too. It, it's that yeah, like, that was the big moment they left with her. Yeah, because that that whole like let's have a a moment where we all just berate Janine for going over my head was I think a little much for a bunch of them. But yeah, after seeing this rug situation, that's when they kind of like, and this whole conversation where we have to do things for ourselves becomes a. Well, what if what if we all like pull together and we we get Janine a rug and all the teachers are kind of on board for it? It's like, well, no, I can't make you guys do that, but like maybe I know someone who knows someone, like referencing like Melissa and like her ability to get things, and that's when we get that like, well, I'm gonna have to bake a ziti. We we find out that that is going to be the road that we take. It's gonna be you know Melissa's gonna figure this out through her avenues. I love. Melissa's character here. I mean, like, this is where the show becomes too. Like, do you want to watch episode two? Right? Like, introduce it, all these characters are kind of disparate, and then all of a sudden they the last two minutes of the show, right? Like they pull together. Like, I think this is very I think the writing of this and the way they timed it is very good. I like when the truck pulls up with the rugs and they're all kind of collecting them, they all get a rug each. Because this is basically um someone who worked demo for the the stadium, right? For the we we already found out that they're working on the Eagles new stadium. And we're to assume, I think, that he's the same guy who worked demo on the Walmart. Potentially, yeah. And she asks, uh, Janine asks for his name when she's thanking him. And he goes, I got no name. <laughs> he says that at the same time, though, as Melissa goes, he's got no name. Like, yeah. they, like, mirror each other. Yeah. It's like, you didn't get this from me. And this guy, sorry. too, is, like, basically a guy with no name in a million fun shows and movies, too. Where he's, like, in the movie Vice. Or he's, in, like, in Justified. Where it's like, 
I love this dude for like playing that same character over and over again. I love these kind of character actors. They're nice. And those rugs are just like uh, Philadelphia Eagles rugs that look like they probably would have been on the ground during like at the corporate offices and stuff. Did anybody else think that they were just going to get a bunch of turf? Yes. Oh man, I did that was amazing. Gonna... It's like I, each I, room. It's like the fifty yard line in one of the rooms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a ten by ten turf. Yeah. I'm sure that would have been more comfortable to sleep on. Maybe. We I feel that... like AstroTurf is probably comfortable at the beginning and then gets bad as it's worn down. Uh, I don't think it's ever comfortable to, like, lay down on. It's probably a little rough. It might be a little, like, spongy to, like, walk on, but, like, it's not, like, the texture on your skin is not going to be fun. Well, that's not a soft, springy rug. It's not, like, a brand new right. one from a store, so that's not going to be comfortable either. Yeah, those are also, like, the consistency of that rug is the kind of rug you get for, like, when you walk into your house and, like, yeah. kick your shoes off it's not right, like yeah. it's like a big fluffy the mud rug, room you know? rug yeah it's like a yeah. door yeah a doormat rug yeah and we get that little bit of a scene after that where it's janine and gregory again and they're talking and they're kind of going over some stuff and how he's going to get used to things there he asked about the smell in the walls but apparently that's something that you just never get used to and she's asking him about so like you're subbing with like the intention of going full-time right he's like oh we'll see like um you know maybe and you kind of get that cutaway from him where he's like oh you know i think i'm gonna stick around for a little while you know for the kids and that's you know again that's we've seen the interaction between him and janine we know that that's where they're going to want to eventually take this but we went from his intention was to just be here temporarily because his aspirations are to be a principal to you know maybe i'm just going to stick around at the school for a little bit Maybe he'll be like one of our substitute teachers, and you'll find out that apparently he also has a million-dollar WWE memorabilia collection he never told anybody about, but loves to go on TV and flaunt. Well, I will say at the time when we were in high school, those things were not worth what they are worth today. But the collector's market on everything is skyrocketed. But yeah, we're getting like kind of that final little cutscene after that where Janine's kind of talking about, it's like um, a narration almost over other scene, and it's her talking about how happy she is. You know, she was able to provide for her students and how huge that is. And, you know, as she's talking about this, you see her like in the bathroom, now trying to fix like reverse toilet. <laughs> and she's got like the little YouTube video <laughs> pulled up on top of it and like trying to plunge it. Did anybody yeah. think that the joke here was going to be the phone falling in the toilet? I felt like they telegraphed that. No, I knew that she was going to get it. nailed with the yeah, water. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. this coming. Pretty... The, water, the water gag makes more sense. That is the way to do things nowadays. It's like any little thing now, you can pretty much watch a YouTube video. It's it's really, for all the things, right? For all the dumb shit that's it's out everybody's there. Everybody's like, dad, yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's, so it's huge. It's hugely helpful, yeah. Little things, like I remember just replacing like my light fixture and it's such an easy task. It's not difficult at all. But just you watch that quick little YouTube video and you do it and you get the light fixture up in like, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm a contractor for 10 seconds. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you feel like you're a real man yeah. for a moment in your life. Yeah, Use it to cook. You feel like you're a chef. <laughs> yeah. 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 Remember the first time, like, years ago, like, I replaced, like, a light switch and how accomplished I felt, thinking it was, like, some, like, difficult task. But, yeah, in any event, that was, like, the conclusion of the episode. Yeah, so, again, the show, as popular as it is, I don't have a lot of back info on it. I mean, we kind of covered it, basically... You know, the creator of the show, Quinta Brunson, like, who also stars in it, kind of did this. I mean, this thing won Emmys, like, right away, became, like, this big... This episode won an Emmy. Yeah, yeah, Um, For comedy writing, though, which is why I thought it was, like, interesting, because, again... You could say well, it's not funny. It, it's just no not... Jokes. Yeah, there's not, like, much humor in this episode. So when you go, like, outstanding comedy writing, you go, like, where is... 
where is all the comedy? The water splashing up is a joke. She's got big feet is a joke. There are a lot of jokes in here. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are looking for. Do you want somebody to like stand in front of you and hit you with a punchline like every are you, like, ten Jerry seconds? Seinfeld, like, like what the, people drive buses. Like the environment is funny. Like it, that's part of what's it. funny. The like the poverty stricken school where the kid has to sleep on the floor because he has nothing at home. Yes, that's, that's the, the part I'm talking about. That's, <laughs> that's it. yes, good job. It's a laugh riot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with Nick on this one. I think yeah. you guys are trying to look for jokes versus the entire thing being funny and having little punches that make you laugh. I'm searching for the comedy, and there I'm was just very saying, little you comedy. Can, you canceled Growing Pains because there wasn't enough jokes. Same thing. Anybody need rebar? That's a joke. Like, all of these are jokes. I would say that a lot of these shows that you watch that are that kind of toy these same lines, we look at them, and there's shows that we go, this was not a sitcom, right? This is not a sitcom. This is not a sitcom. And then we look back at it, and those tend to have more jokes, like, little, like, humorous moments throughout the episodes than i got here and i'm not gonna say i dislike the show i'm not saying that but a show that's listed as like a comedy a workplace comedy i'm like where's where was the comedy there was some like light-hearted moments and like little jokes throughout the way but i just didn't see that much comedy you all gave me shit about the simpsons the whole pilot of the simpsons is a guy not being able to afford gifts for his kids on christmas but it's a cartoon yeah, <laughs> that's not fair. Oh, and also fair. to be I'm fair, every it. good cartoon except for the critic has a bad pilot. Like I love The Simpsons, I love King of the Hill. The pilots are not the best episodes. But I'm event. with Nick on this one. I think this is a comedy and has a lot of jokes and is very funny. A lot of jokes is a stretch, Joe. That you you mentioned four. Well, hey, listen, we're, we're at that point, anyways. Let, let's do the green lighter cancel again. Just a reminder: we, we're short one person, so there will be a tiebreaker. Um, if it comes down to that. Uh, you would have uh, Gordo's vote would be included. That's on again. We post that on Instagram every week later in the week. That'll be S one E one Pod. But that being said, we don't know if it's going to be a tie or not. Um, we're all going to vote. Green light or cancel. I'm going to go in the order. I see you guys in. Nick, starting with you. This one is a green light. Um, I can see it's. It was refreshing because like you, like we talked about earlier. We talked a lot about like The Office and Parks and Rec and all those other docu style sitcoms that we watched so much of and then they vanished right and i get why they vanished they vanished because they were kind of really driven into the ground and and it's not because they were bad but it was just because i don't know maybe the market was just kind of oversaturated with them so to see it come back was like a refreshing uh sight to see uh, they they did a really good job of introducing you to there they, there's not a ton of characters which is good you get a really good idea of the characters that there are, and they give you like the whole runway. Like you can tell where this story is gonna go, and uh, I'm definitely intrigued with the what may happen at this school. Um, so yeah, it's a green light. I think I will definitely at least watch the second episode and see what happens. But um, I liked it, and it's a green light. Joe. Yeah, so I think we've actually brought this up before, talking about pilots I didn't super enjoy, but liked the show later on because we kept watching it and gave it a chance. And re-watching this pilot, I really enjoyed this. I don't know what I didn't enjoy about it the first time. I, I Pretty much everything Nick said, I agree. It's, it's a good mockumentary style. You don't get over-inundated with characters. You get enough of them to know where they're going to go, but to like them enough to want to see them again. I think there was a lot of jokes. I know you guys don't think that. I think there's a lot of funny moments. I think even little things like 
you guys need rebar to me that's a joke and i think it lands and it works and it's funny uh, I very much enjoy this show. I hope that they resolve. I mean, I, we know this will come back, right? It's too big of a show to not make it through the writer's strike when stuff just keeps getting canceled day after day nowadays. Um, but I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing more of this again soon. So green light. Okay. Before I get to Frank, I just do want to clarify. You mentioned now our objective of the show is to watch a show, pretend we've never seen it before, and then rate it based on our first opinion. You said your actual first time ever watching it, you didn't like this episode very much. So it's very interesting for you to then go back and say I'm greenlighting this based on your first impression of a show when your legit first impression was that you didn't like it. But we've all done that for shows we've seen before we cover on this show. You might not have liked the episode then, but like it I've later on. I've never done like, that. We always Don't question my that. integrity. <laughs> I try to look at it at point blank at, with, with fresh eyes every time we do it. Uh, I did too. That's what I'm saying. I didn't like it the first time. I looked yeah. at it with fresh eyes. I tried to rewatch it and... If I if I was just phoning it in for this time, I wouldn't have taken four pages of notes. It's been two hours. I'm not saying you're phoning it. it in. I'm just saying that you are. Too I kind did enjoy it way everything. more this time than I thought I would, and it's not because of what I saw in the future. Of you're the not. Show. Ba- you're you're definitely better. basing it on watching the show as a whole. No, because I don't. I don't think that. I think the show is much better in the second season than the first season. It doesn't mean that I think the pilot's bad, and I think there's more jokes than you guys think there are too. In any event, uh, for good, cancel. I didn't think this show was funny at all. Um, it's not a sitcom because there's no calm. Um, not only that, like I can get past that with a lot of shows, but I was bored through the majority of this show until the halfway point where I got my first laugh. It's like, and maybe the opposite of what Nick said. I don't think the mockumentaries really went away because there's so many of them. I think part of it is I'm just kind of over the mockumentaries with the exception being what we do in the shadows because that's at least different. Uh, I don't have much more to say. I did, I did like the characters. They all good actors and stuff. Um, everybody hates Chris guy. Love that dude. Other than that, cancel. Yeah. So I've been conflicted. Um, I thought, I didn't dislike the show, but I did have an issue with the lack of what I find to be comedy in it. I don't know. I just feel that this it's, it's complicated. I watch it and I think that I'm curious as to how the show's evolved because I feel like future episodes are funnier. And I feel like that it's one of those things that it gets funnier over time because when I'm like looking at like the ratings and actually, I forgot to mention that earlier, and I, I guess just to cover it now, uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, 99%, 90% audi- um, audience score. By the way, it's come out today that ninety-nine that um, Rotten Tomatoes accepts money for good reviews. Oh. Yeah, I, I said it to the group when I saw that earlier. Yeah, so the, uh, a story came out via, I think it was Variety or somebody came out today, where they're paying basically $50 a review for good reviews so now it's completely suspect as to great maybe we'll I, mean, start... I honestly think at this point we should look at letterboxd or something yeah. a score stick, for that stick with that's IMDb real people. scores yeah or uh, yeah, like yeah, IMDb, IMDb letterboxd like yeah. user user rated you know yeah imdb again that's uh that was like an 8.2 but then like the specific episode gave it a 7.6 i don't know i just look at it and i just wish that there was a little bit more humor injected into this personally when i watched it so I would say as far as like this specific episode goes, I'm going to lean cancel on this one, but I could be skewed to watch more of this if someone pointed out a specific episode and stuff. Um, so with that being said, we do have a tie right now, which I kind of felt like was going to happen based on the way we we're talking earlier. 
Um, so Gordo's vote will come into play. So keep in mind, go to S1E1Pod on our Instagram. You'll find out the results of that. With that being said, we're kind of leaving you guys in limbo on this one. So I apologize again. I remind you, go to S1E1Pod on our Instagram. We'll have the final graphic up. Once we know his vote, that'll be up there. So um, I can't say congratulations or sorry one way or another to Abbott Elementary. But to all of you guys listen, listening, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate all the listens. Um, hit us up. We like knowing the shows that you want to cover, or you want us to cover, and we try to hit those as much as much as we can. I'm forgetting how to speak, so let's just wrap this up right now. Thanks everyone so much. We'll catch you. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best back that ass up.